Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. A stick argument has been called. It's the stick of Marty McSorley. Welcome to Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast with your host, Scott Kimville. Let's hop on that Zamboni time machine and go back in time to look at hockey's glorious history. And what's going on, hockey fans? And welcome to episode number 89 of Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast. Recording here on Thursday, August 18th, 2022 on the Sports History Network and powered by MyLittleFalls.com. You know, we took last week off because of craziness and schedules and conflicting schedules and everything else. So we're recharged. We got all kinds of energy to go for a, another week of hockey fun. No. <laughs> and we see that Dave the Save Warren is ready to go. I, so now yeah, that I just yeah. woke you up, how you been? Hey, I'm doing great. Good. The week good. off was good, but I wasn't off. You were off. Not, necess- not necessarily true. Yeah. <laughs> I worked a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, you know, since the last time we talked, we got uh, a lot of big doings. I know. Here. I know. I hear so, rumors. Yes. Well, you know what? I, I, well, now, let's just make sure we know what rumors oh, are talking okay. about here. We're talking okay. about that. Never mind. Okay. No, actually. Talking about uh, hockey. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So our website, martysillegalstick.com, you know, last year we were covering the Comets and the Pioneers, yep. and we were writing articles all the time on there. Well, all the work we were doing on there for last year is now going to be on 315hockey.com. We are combining forces with 315hockey.com to nice. to basically be the um, the go-to source for Central New York hockey. I like it. And we got another big announcement coming next week, but I don't want to overwhelm you. Yeah. I don't okay. want to overwhelm right. you, so we'll we'll just leave it at that. I can only handle so much at my age. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't want to have to, you know, call 911 here. So it's uh, Yeah, no mouth to mouth. See Oh uh, boy, Edward, yeah. Edward's not even—he's not even flinching. He, yeah, right. <laughs> he's, he's been around us long enough; he knows. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, anything—anything uh, anything to do with Central New York hockey? The site is three one five hockey dot com. Check it out. I got a couple articles up there right now, along with you know other articles that are going on in the off season. So, like I said, check it out. Now, a few weeks ago, we started a what we call the best of the best series in which we take a look at each NHL franchise, and it's going to take us a while to get through all of them, but what we do is... <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I know how your shows go. Yeah, right. And, uh, so anyways, we picked the... Uh, we set it up like an all-star team format. So we take a franchise, we look at their first team all-stars, second team all-stars, honorable mention. And this week, we have one of the most historic franchises in hockey lined up, the Boston Bruins. And to help us pick those teams is my longtime friend, the co-host of the On On Thin Ice podcast. He's a hockey nerd just like me and a Boston Bruins super fan, Mr. Ed Stefanik. What's going on? How's it going? It's going. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. 
Scotty, you ready for me to railroad you in B League? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it could potentially get ugly. You know, I'm getting old. You got to be careful with me now. I'm getting brittle. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm I'm pushing thirty now, and I'm oh, I'm pushing thirty. Listen to him. There's no pushing at that age. Yeah, I know, right? You're cruising. I got news for you. If you think you're pushing, wait till my, you get to my age. Oh boy, oh. I know. I had to push him the other day. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Those crosswalks are hell in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, before we get started with the Bruins, uh, that, that that sweater you're wearing is pretty sharp. I, it, but it doesn't look like Boston Bruins colors. It looks like one of their old enemies. Yes, it is a Danbury Whalers jersey. It is from the Federal League. Um, I've scoured the Internet high and low to find this thing. Um, they are no longer a team. They haven't been one in five, six years. Um yeah, I mean, they go along with Danbury hockey lore now because of the thrasher, the trashers. Mm-hmm. And um, after that documentary came out, like everyone wants a little bit of Danbury hockey. And I had 10 games with the team. Uh, God, I was 19 years old now, 10 years ago. Um, and just absolutely loved everything about Danbury. I did not realize what I was going into when I went there um, and just absolutely fell in love with the city. Um, so when you hear, you know, players like Kevin Todd say they like Utica and they want to stick around, uh-huh. and you think, and you think like, why? Why would you <laughs> want to stay? No, I figured it out because Danbury is just Connecticut's version of Utica, and I loved it there. And if I could have, I would have stayed. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, and apparently, you uh, you said you played ten games. Uh, yeah. You earned your money in an interesting way, didn't you? Yeah, I earned my money getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you go. You, you, when I went to go try out with the team, coach, uh, his name now no relation. I might add, his name was Phil Esposito. Um, yes, no relation. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I got to add that, um, but it does go along with today's episode. What, what a great <laughs> hockey name, though, right? Yeah, right. It, it, you know what? It's it is just a classic name, though. Um, but I go to tryouts, and Coach had a meeting with everyone having a tryout. He says, if you don't fight, you don't sign. So mm. I said, okay. So I went to tryouts. I got into, like, seven fights. <laughs> um, these guys were going to be my teammates, and I, I I, actually surprisingly won a lot of those. And that's when the winning stopped. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only fight I backed down from was John Morasti, and he was he just scares me. <laughs> that man, like that man, just scares me. I'm in the face-off circle. He just looks at me. He's like, "I'm going to beat your face," and I said, "No, you're not. I'm staying away. <laughs> yeah, I'm turtling. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, ten second shift, dump and change. Get on out." <laughs> It's like one of the four times that year I touched the puck. I just got in the zone, skated off, and I looked at my coach. I'm like, "I'm not fighting him. No way." <laughs> His knuckles are the size of my head. <laughs> Why am I picturing Happy Gilmore here in that beginning scene? No, Except I know you can skate a lot better than Happy. but uh... I can skate a lot better than Happy. I, I don't have the shot, but I definitely uh, – he wouldn't have backed down from, from Nasty Morasty at all. I, I backed right down. I, 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 was too young to, I was too young to go out that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know what? Hey, it's, it's a good thing Bob Barker wasn't out there, too. So, you know. Bob Barker would have beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, boy. Well, Ed, since you are the Boston Bruins super fan, are you yes. ready for this? You- I'm, I'm definitely ready. I had this list in my head years ago, and it just uh, 
now I have a place to share it with people. Well, there you go. It's, and you know what? You came to the right spot. <laughs> so why don't we do this? Let's start at the bottom and work okay. our way up. Okay, so let's do our honorable mentions. Now, our honorable mentions don't have to be any particular, you know, by a particular one position. It can be any positions, any number. It doesn't matter. And a team like the Bruins that's been around for almost 100 years, there's quite a few names to go through. So, and not everybody's going to make those first and second teams. So here's what the honorable mentions are for. And so, my friend, I will turn it over to you. Who are your honorable mentions all right, my first one, everyone gonna think, is going to think it's a little controversial. My first honorable mention is Eddie Shore. Ooh, I'm, okay. I mean, the, the, the guy wouldn't survive in today's game. That's why he's on there. He wouldn't survive in he, – he wasn't a great player in today's standards. He was great for back then, but nowadays he would just be a liability out there with constant penalties. He really wasn't a point getter. Um, but it's hard to deny the history of him and the uh, and what he did for the league back then. So mm-hmm. he he's good enough to make the honorable mentions list, and but he can't he wouldn't he didn't even sniff the uh, first and second team. Wow. Okay. So we got we're starting right off with a Hall of Famer on the honorable mention list. I can't hear the rest yeah. of them. I can't wait to hear the rest of them. Yes. Uh, number two is Rick Middleton. Ooh. Uh, again, great player, great player. But Boston has had so many great players over the years that it's hard to justify putting Rick Middleton on it. Like it's uh, great player. Okay, love, love the, wore wore the black and gold Bruin for life. Love him to death. They, there's just so many to choose from that I had to put him on here. Number three is Tim Thomas. Does not. He was great when he played, but he didn't play for long. True. He, started a little, you know, he wasn't there. He, I think he was there for, what, six seasons, right? He was six, seven seasons. Yeah. A couple of them weren't great. A couple, you know, I think one of them was a Vesna. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe. Uh, but he just wasn't there for long. So what he was there for, like it was, I loved every minute of it, wasn't quite he, there, there, there were better goalies that did a little more. Next, well, next up, I have Adam Oates. Oatesy, Oatesy, better elsewhere. He was great <laughs> with Boston, but he did such a good job with 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 Washington and other teams. St. Louis, Anaheim, St. Louis, Anaheim. He was there. He 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 was only in Boston for a handful of seasons in his long career. Mm-hmm. So he he only played in Boston for a few years, which like he he won't be able to make this list with some of these players. Some of these players have had to play for Boston their entire career, you know, twenty seasons, all that. Uh, next up, I have the whole crowd line. So Milt Schmidt, Milt Schmidt, Woody Dumart, Bobby Bauer. Uh-huh. You know that just that line itself. That's really when like the line naming started, like the perfection line, the French connection. It all kind of started with the the perfection line and the and the crowd line. Right, right. And, and like their his, their historical relevance is great, but there were again so many players to choose from, especially from that era. Right. So I couldn't really oh, justify yeah. putting them anywhere else. Uh, next up is Joe Thornton. Jumbo Joe. Jumbo Joe, the only player to win the, the Hart Trophy in the season he got traded. 
I know. <laughs> so it's hard to deny that he's an honorable mention. Like the, the guy, would be, I think he's the last heart winner Boston had. But so, you know, I think he's no more to be a shark. I think he is known more to be a shark. You're you're correct, but you know what? As a Bruins fan, I'm just glad to know we had him first. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, there are certain players I'm glad we had first. Uh, Phil Kessel is not one of them. Uh, <laughs> I hate Phil Kessel with every ounce of my body. We we add another banner. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I, I, the, it was just the moment John Scott tried to fight him and he just, just absolutely just ax hammered his ankles. <laughs> I'm like, that's just, that's, that's breaking the code. You can't do that. <laughs> and, um, my last one is Pasternak. Uh, you know, he has an opportunity, obviously, to get on this first and second team. But as of right now, there's too many above him to justify. I don't him. think he's been there long enough. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I think he's been uh, there, what, six years now? Yep. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I mean, it, you're absolutely right because I will tell you, and a matter of fact, before we, we go into my honorable mentions, I do want to say Adam Oates is, very, is a very interesting choice. And one thing I want to say about Adam Oates, for somebody who is so talented and put up the numbers that he did, it's amazing how many teams he played for. Yeah. I mean, it's like he bounced around for somebody who's so talented. I can never you, figure it out. You would think that. You would think that somebody like him would try to get locked up for a long term deal, right? The guy, right. the guy was a, just a wizard when it came to passing. Like, you, you would think a team would be like, "That's a valuable resource right there. Let's just keep him around." No, what? Do you, how many teams did he play for? He played for Washington and uh, I think Boston, it was like seven. Yeah, so many teams. Like, yeah, could never figure that out. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't get it. Unless he just did not like staying in one place and he just wanted maybe, to Maybe. Maybe he's just one of those. Maybe, maybe he's like one of those guys who likes to live in a camper and just kind of like travels around instead of like in a house. I mean, when you make that much money, I don't know. Why not, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wish I could. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish I could do <laughs> All right. So here's my honorable mentions, and I'll start off with the ones that I agree with you on. Okay? Okay. So Tim Thomas is on my list. Pasta is okay. on my list. The Krautwein is on my list. And Adam Oates is on my list, too. But I got a few more to add. Okay. And I'll start with my goalies. Tiny Thompson, who was a, a Hall of Fame goaltender from the early days. Um, yes. Here's the thing about, and, it, and you know, I've always said it's so hard to compare eras, right? Exactly. Especially when you're talking about modern day, going all the way back to the beginning. But I think that's even more difficult with goaltenders because of the obvious equipment changes, uh, rules changes, whatnot. So, Just stylistic play alone. Yeah, exactly. So, do I think that he would have been able to compete? Boy, I don't know. But, no, not a chance. The numbers say, in his era, and he's a Hall of Famer, that he deserves to be at least an honorable mention. And I also put Andy Mogan there, because I know he wasn't a Bruin that long, but he did lead them to two finals. Yes. So. Uh, I think I, Andy Mogue is uh, an enigma, because, like, cause he, he wasn't. He was so <laughs> snake-bitten, you know? Yeah. Oh here's, no! Here's the guy. He makes it to two finals, and who's he's got? Who's he got to play? The team that he, he, he originally played for in the Edmonton Oilers when they were at the peak of their dynasty. <laughs> and then uh, it, it, it's just it, he had a thankless job. Oh, he did. He did. Against, it, how do you? It's like any goalie in the in the um, Central Division and Pacific Division right now. 
well, who are you going to compete with, McDavid? Right, right. You got to stop McDavid? Exactly. You got to stop Gretzky and Lemieux? Yeah, exactly. No. Goalies back then, I, I didn't, I mean, I would not want to be a part of that era as a goalie. Right, right, that, exactly. That late 80s, early 90s, Gretzky, Lemieux dominance. No way. Not, not a chance. So my behind the bench on my honorable mentions is Art Ross, who was another coaching legend from the early days who put up a lot of win numbers. Again, we're talking different eras. There is a trophy named after him. So, hey, you know yes. what? He deserves to be on the honorable mention list in my eyes anyways. You know, I, I thought about putting a coach on my honorable mention list because just for namesake alone, Don Cherry, I feel like could deserve to be on that list. Um, but he just wasn't that good of a coach. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, take controversy but, aside, take his coaching style aside, or put his coaching style like in the forefront. I mean, and like he, the, the guy was a spectacle, and that's it. Yeah, he's like a modern. He's like well, John Tortorella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think John Tortorella at one point was a phenomenal coach. Yeah, now he's just somebody who's a quote machine, and they pay him just to be funny. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. what I get paid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm sitting next to one. <laughs> The only reason I'm here is just to be funny. I hope you're getting paid well then. Yeah, exactly. Hey, for you know, Scott, it's massive. (laughs) Yeah. I think you need to find somebody to restructure your deal here. Yeah, I don't know. I need a better agent. I think I was going to say, whoever's representing them really needs to be fired. I know. (laughs) I know. Show me the money. Uh, Just to finish it up, I got Terry O'Reilly. I got Kenny Hodge. And one defenseman, and that's Zdeno Chara. As an well, honorable mention, yeah, which I'm sure we're going to hear that name again. Yes, we're definitely but, going to hear a couple so of those names I, again. I think we're going to have a little bit of debate coming up next year. So yes. without further ado, why don't we shift gears and go to our second team, all-star, all-time Boston Bruins team. Once again, Eddie, I will let you lead off, and I want to know who is the coach behind this bench of this all-star team. The coach for my second team all-star, Harry Sinden. Oh, interesting. Coached from 1966 to 1970 and then had two individual seasons in 1979-80 and 84-85. 327 games coached, all with the Bruins, uh, 153 wins and 160, uh, 116 losses and 58 ties. It's back when we had to factor in ties. Right, right. Um, he was the 1970 Stanley Cup winning coach. The guy built two Stanley Cup teams. I mean, built from the ground up. You know, at that point, the Bruins were, I think, in a 29-year drought. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were at one point the laughing stock of the league, and he goes out and finds Bobby Orr. He goes out and finds uh, a deal for Phil Esposito. He goes out and gets some legendary players. Derek Sanderson. Derek Sanderson, Jerry Cheevers. Johnny Busick. Johnny Busick. I mean, you got to – Yeah. There's no – because back then, coach GM kind of synonymous with one another. Like right. Kind of, kind of like a manager in baseball back then. Mm-hmm. So this guy built two Stanley Cup winning teams, but he, he did the Steve Eisenman thing and bounced before that second one. Yeah. Which I – Which, you know what? It's always funny about Harry Sinden with me. I almost forgot that he actually coached. I've always thought of him as the you – because know, he was GM for what, almost 30 years, I think, right? I think he was GM for those other for that other cup. Yeah, me too. I, I think he was, and yeah, that's, that's that's why I was so surprised he bounced for seventy two. It's incredible, right? <laughs> like, 
he did such a great job that like yeah you, you would think he would just stay by on the bench the yeah. guy knew hockey yeah absolutely for never, for never playing in a high level of NHL the guy knew the game oh no doubt no doubt He's about kinda it kind of like Lou Lamarillo or any of these other guys who you couldn't like uh, Brian Burke like I can't picture that guy on skates right right I can't his old fat ass hell no <laughs> I don't know. I can't picture him on skates, but man, the guy just knows puck. I can't deny it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, so who are your two defensemen? All right, my two defensemen. I'm going to start off with Brad Park. Okay. 1975 to 1983, eight seasons with the Bruins, 100 goals, 317 assists for 417 points. What he brought, though, was very much a stay-at-home defenseman kind, kind of what 1970s hockey was. You didn't have, besides Bobby Orr, you didn't have anyone to wheel the puck up. You didn't have a Drew Doughty or you didn't right. have a, um, a Dougie Hamiltons and players who could handle the puck that well. So for being a stay-at-home defenseman, getting 100 goals in eight seasons with the Bruins and tallying 417 points, it's hard to deny his offensive impact and offensive skill back then. Right, right. And what he did backstopping and helping helping the goaltender out and keeping the puck out of the net, he, he was a phenomenal defenseman. Uh, he wasn't really rewarded with a cup, but he was very much, I mean, staying in Boston for eight seasons, especially back then, meant you were valuable in some some aspect of the game. Well, and don't forget the pressure that he came in because he was part of the Phil Esposito trade. Exactly. So that was, like, earth-shattering at the time. The Phil Esposito trade was, I mean, I I don't know how you traded him. I don't. Yeah. I don't get how they, I don't know how they traded him. I really yeah. don't understand that. I think that's one of the dumbest trades in hockey history. Yeah, I mean, Granted, Maybe there was contracts that you know stuff that we didn't know about at the time or whatever, but yeah, I mean that that was really shocking. But the thing about Brad Park is he was always so underrated. Yes. He really was, and you, I mean, you don't think Brad Park when you think Bruins defenseman. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and and he did play most of his you know his Boston time in Bobby Orr's shadow, but yeah. still, you know, I mean, that's he was so underrated, so underrated. I mean, he had two. He was a part of that Esposito trade, and he followed up that the the. The Bobby Orr years, right? When he was in, when he was in Chicago, the the guy had a fit. You know, he he was out there and everyone just getting micro, just micromanaged. Right, right. You're not, you, we wasted an Esposito trade on you. You you you're you're not Bobby Orr, and the guy shined. Yep. The guy was so good. Exactly, exactly. Who's on the other side? Zdeno Chara. I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, well, again. When you hear Boston Bruins defenseman, and you think of two people, so but you can't deny Zdeno Chara to be on this list. I think Zdeno Chara, who played 14 seasons, a majority of his career so far with the Bruins, um, and I, you know, I believe it's going to be winding down soon. His career, his he's older. Yeah, you know, the league's getting nothing but younger, so it's hard to sit there and say he's going to be a. a mainstay in the NHL much longer. But 148 goals, 370 assists for 518 points. I mean, the, the guy was a Norris candidate almost every year. Um, even even though he wasn't getting points, the guy was such a good defenseman. Um, 
help bring the cup back to Boston where it belongs. He was the longest tenured captain in the league uh, at one point. I think he predated Crosby by like days. Right, right. So he he was just a, a synonymous leader, great one of the greatest captains in Bruins history. And it's I find it almost impossible to leave him off this list. You know, he's played for so long. I actually forgot that he played fourteen years in Boston. Yeah. You know, it, it's just I mean, but yeah, what an impactful guy he was. And I'll I'll tell you, that was really difficult for me to put him on the honorable mention list. It, it really I, was. I, I'm really curious because I know who your first team defenseman are. We all know. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a no brainer, right? That one's a no brainer. But who's I want to know your your two defensemen. I gotta know. This. Okay, so we'll go back. For, okay, I like that. So we agree on on Brad Park. Okay, that's that's an, that's for sure. Yeah, I went with Eddie Shore, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why because and it was really tough between him and Char. I was going back and forth. I was like, man, but. The difference for me between Eddie Shore and Zidane Chara, obviously, you, it's we just talked about. It, it's hard to compare eras, but when Eddie Shore played, he was so dominant at his position. Granted, I understand it was a different game back then. I understand that, but he was Eddie Shore. I think he won a couple of Hart trophies himself. <clears throat> Excuse me, he won like four or five Norris trophies. He was that dominant as a player and had such a huge impact. And not only that, Dave will tell you from some of the Zamboni time machines we've done, <laughs> yeah. quite well, he was interesting there, character. What's, what's that? Dave? He, he, yeah, he Dave played for him in Springfield. <laughs> so, I, I did. I did. You remember that ad, huh? <laughs> yeah. I think I got hit by a puck I think Dave once. was the one that was tied to the goal at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. That and I had the beer can out in front yeah, of me. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had to go with Eddie Shore just for, like I said, the impact that he had on the game at the time that he was playing. But again, believe me, it was no easy decision. So I mean, we're we're really for me, it was splitting hairs. Yeah, it's it really is like I mean, when you compare errors like that, apples to oranges and stuff like that. Right, right. But when you compare like impact, like it really is like you said, splitting hairs. It's so difficult to make that one. That's the one decision that I had a hard time with. Oh, and by the way, before we go to left wing, we did leave one little bit out. My coach. What's that? Who's my coach? Yes. My coach you're, is the coach. incomparable Don Cherry. <laughs> Listen, I know. <laughs> yeah, but he did make two Stanley Cup finals. He did. And he, he did. damn near pulled it off. He damn near He did. really did. I mean, he was he was like a meteor. I mean, he was a ball of fire that kind of came through. And, and but, like I said, I, just for that alone, I had to go with Don Cherry. Had to, because really, when you think Don Cherry or you think coaching Boston Bruins, in my mind, the first name that comes up is Don Cherry. Well, that's because you're old. Well, yeah, but so what? <laughs> I'm sorry you weren't alive when he was still around. Okay. I have other I have other first coaches in mind. So, I, have, I have other coaches in mind. But anyways, why don't we go to your left wing? I want to know who your second team left wing is. My second team left wing is Cam Neely. Ooh. Again, splitting hairs here with left wing. Okay. I thought he played on the right side, but that's okay. Oh no, no, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong part. Brad Marchand is my left wing. Okay. Left, left, my brother okay. Marshawn is my left wing. Um, so far, 12 seasons played uh, in his entire career. 
351 goals, 444 assists, damn near 800 points, 795 points. Right. The, 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 the guy is just good. Yeah. The only reason why he's not first-team All-Star is because his career hasn't been that long. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good uh, point. But the fact that he's 12 years in and already an all-time great. Seventh overall score in Bruins history. Yeah. Like already. You, you got to look at it as you know his numbers is going to be in the rafters one day. Oh, yeah. No doubt. You know? I mean, with that. And, and it would be so awesome back. if they put a little rat right next to it. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be perfect. They, they got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, like, I'm looking at. The Bruins I grew up watching, starting with that 2011 team, I already could pick like four names that, that should get their numbers in the Raptors. Like four or five players. So the fact that he, he he's on that list at such a young age is just great. Mind-blowing. Like, uh, Mind-blowing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Who's your left wing? I got to – So we agree on this one. We do. Because – Honestly, when I was looking through the list, the Bruins have been blessed with a lot of unbelievable right-wingers, but the left-wingers are kind of like, hmm. Then I looked, and, it, and I didn't realize just how far up Marchand was on their all-time leading scoring list. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Agree, disagree with the way he plays, whatever. You know, that's, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I mean, the guy. Whatever. But the fact of the matter is when he's on the ice, he produces and he has an impact. And you can't deny what he's done. Yeah, and the yeah, Bruins, the right. Bruins, right now would not be the same without him. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So, so we'll we agree more about into him when we talk about the season outlook. Oh yes, yes, we will. Yes. <laughs> wow, we agree on left wing. Oh boy, this is going to be scary. How about center? Who you got for a center? Okay, center was tough. Center is probably the toughest position to choose. Um, my center is Phil Esposito. Mm-hmm. So he won two cups with the Bruins. He played, I think, 13 seasons there, most of his career. Um, love Boston. Um, there was, he had, there was a story I heard from an interview from him when he got traded. Um, Bobby Orr was the one that broke the news to him. They, so he went over to yep. his, uh, his room and he's just like, Hey Phil, we got to talk. And he's like, just tell me it's not the Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> true story. I'm not even making that up to bust on. I know, I know. That's a completely true story. Gump would be pissed. It, it would have been. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I wish he was here to hear that. This I know. Right? Was, um, but he ate up New York. He, he loved it there. Ended up loving it there, unfortunately. Um, but the guy point, the guy scored. Yeah, the guy, the guy knew how to put the put the puck in the net. Four hundred and fifty nine goals and one thousand twelve assists for fourteen hundred and seventy one points with the Bruins. Yeah, the the guy was good, um, and making that decision was between him and my first team center. It was literally would he would he be able to be successful in today's game? Or as successful as the guy on my first team, right, right. Because I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, Aspo obviously did all his damage from twenty feet in. Yeah, right. He oh, wasn't yeah. going to be the guy that was going to dazzle you with stick handling work. He wasn't going to be the guy that's going to dazzle you with that no look pass. But underneath the dots and in that dirty area, 
The guy was during golden. his era, there was nobody better. Nobody. Nobody better. I, honestly, I think during his era, period, there was nobody better. Yeah. When, he, when he played for the Bruins, I want to say he was probably the best player in the league. Yeah. Up there, at least. It was between was, him and Bobby Orr. Well, don't forget about guys like Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall was in the WHA at that point. Almost, yeah, just about. Just about. So, you know, the, the Golden Jet was on his way out going to Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> Following the money. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, Which, at that time, you him. can't blame him. Exactly. I, I don't exactly. Blame him at, you know what? At this time, I don't blame him. No. At this time. No. How do you blame that? Exactly. Go get paid. You know, on a little <laughs> side note, WHA, I wish that it actually survived. That would have been so I interesting. Wish, I wish a lot of these, like, so, like, I noticed in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of, like, competition leagues. So, right. like, you had the WHA, you had the, uh, what's the football note? The USFL, you had, yep. uh, what was the one for basketball? With, uh, the American Basketball Association. The ABA. And I wish all those leagues survived because, yeah. let's face it, they have a monopoly. Right, right. It would have made oh, things so much more interesting. I would have loved to see like the Birmingham Bulls play the yeah uh, some the you know another like uh like what was it the Los Angeles Sharks yeah <laughs> Bull Shark yeah yeah <laughs> like it, just just have those, those competition leagues it would be cool like let's face it the KHL archaic bring all those players over here and let's start, let's restart the WHL yeah there you go I agree I agree okay my friend right wing. Who is on this? Who's your center? Who's oh, my your center? my center was Esposito. Oh, your center. We're agreeing. Like, we're agreeing across the board. That's wow. why I'm just kind of going. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's making for great radio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bob, and we're probably going to agree on right wing. So go ahead and hit me because I think you already said it. Cam Neely. Yep, that's mine too. Yep. I mean, ten seasons. Um, obviously, every opportunity in the world to be on that first team, but injuries and off Samuelson. Uh, took that away from him. Um, I hate Al Samuelson. I was I just going to say, that's why I started to laugh. I'm like, oh boy, here comes a tirade about Al Samuelson. Yeah, Al Samuelson is the dirtiest player in NHL history. Um, wow. To, to me, there's no dirtier move than the knee on knee. Um, you know what? Sure. You just gave me a fantastic idea. Dave, you know what we got to do? No. We got to do a dirty player Hall of Fame oh, show. That's yeah. what we oh, got to do. Are there oh, enough, enough people Eddie for Shore, that? Eddie Shore, Al Samuelson, Brad Marsh, Tom Wilson. <laughs> Claude Tom Lemieux. Wilson. I love, oh, here, I love Tom yeah, We got to get Jerry back go. for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Tom Wilson's one of those players that you hate because he's not on your team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Same thing with Brad Marsh. Marsh is yeah, LA King. Exactly. Complain about him all you want, but you certainly <laughs> <laughs> That's for you, Jeremy Roberts. Just for you. It's always handy. That's the thing. I love Tom Wilson. I just wish he was a girl. Yeah. I hate him because I love him. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I got Cam Neely, too. And you know what? He's another one of those guys. You forgot he was there for 10 years. See, I I think a lot of people remember him, obviously, as a Bruin because he was there for a majority of his career. He started off in Vancouver. Yeah, and that was another brilliant Harry Sinden trade. Because they traded away Barry Peterson, who had like one great season, yeah. sold while the stock was high, you know. Yeah. And then Barry Peterson kind of faded off into obscurity, and Cam Neely became a superstar. Yeah. And I mean, I want to get my hands on one of those Flying V Canucks jerseys. Yeah. So you know what? Back then, everybody thought they were so ugly, but they're so classic now. Oh my God, they're so ugly, but I need one. <laughs> 
I'm surprised you don't have one, actually. Uh, honestly, it's because I hate the Canucks so much. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 2011, really, like I hated the Comets because they were associated with the Canucks. Yeah, but you won. I listen. They were such sore losers about it that it made it unbearable. <laughs> you mean to tell me you didn't like enjoy how sore they were? There was how sore losers, sore losers they were. Listen, I remember watching the Bruins lose the 2019 Stanley Cup final to the St. Louis Blues, and I didn't put a single hole in a wall. <laughs> well, there was probably too many already season. there, wasn't there? No, there wasn't. Oh, a couple from from shooting pucks, but <laughs> nothing malicious, right? Yeah, there you so, go. There you nothing go. Nothing malicious. They destroyed a whole city. I know. And How do you? <laughs> you want to you want to talk about the ultimate meltdown? <laughs> God. Where was Ilya Brozgalov and that? Just going, why well, you have to be mad? It's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> he was hidden. <laughs> like, I look back and I kind of like a little bit of me, like I'm glad Boston won. It's the only cup I've watched Boston left. But I wish Roberto Luongo got one. Yeah. yeah. He would have been Bobby nice Lou. On that. Yeah. I, been, I think that's what's going to make him be, uh, a second battle. Favor, you know, he's gonna right. have to wait a little bit, right? Okay, so we're just about in total agreement on this second team all star. Who is between the pipes for you, Jerry Cheevers? And we're we're all the way across the board. I can't believe this, except for one defenseman, except for Charo, except for one defenseman. Except but this one, one was tough, Eddie. This was tough. I don't know, it it's, was. it's for me, a, it's no, a little boring when you guys agree. Here. I know, right? Oh, wow, man. Like I said, like... makes for great radio. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> Putting Jerry Cheevers on second team was tough because of the two cups. And the mask. And, and the mask is iconic. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually, uh, I want to get that mask tattooed on me. So. <laughs> Just uh, wait a second. Oh, I thought you meant you were going to get the stitches t- tattooed all over your face. No, no, no. There's, there's oh, only, yeah. only one spot that fit, that mask would fit. I don't know. We want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Scott will see it in the locker room. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> Thanks. You just cursed in their pants down. For yeah. yeah, too too much information. Thanks, Dave, because you just cursed me to something I will never be able to unsee in my entire life again. Thank you very uh, yeah. much. I appreciate nope, it. No problem. That's, that's why I'm here. You're, you're such a pal. Yep. <laughs> Oh, boy. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I was having a hard time between this one and really Tim Thomas. I, I had a hard time. Because yeah. don't forget, Cheevers wasn't there all that long either because he went to the WHA as well. Yes, Jerry Cheevers was there for eight seasons. You know? And realistically, reading his stats, they're not remarkable no. now, but they're remarkable for back then. Yeah, and that, there, there it is right there. And you really, the way you, I, I, you have to look at it is back then, teams were putting up five goals like nothing. Right. Like, it was, the stand-up goalie style was never good, um, especially because the pads aren't flush with the ice. Like, I don't get why they were standing up. Um, so him having a 3.12 goals against average and a 9.05 save percentage is incredibly remarkable. For that time, yeah, for yeah, that and that's time. that's exactly what it was for me too. Because like I, I'm looking at and Thomas's numbers are actually better, yes. but you have to take in in like you said into the context of the time, and also like Tim Thomas, he was such a he was such an anarchist in the net. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy would come out ten feet to challenge the shooter. The, he Tim Thomas would come out and 
he, he would punch you in the face to steal the puck, which is literally happened. <laughs> Like, it was so, his tribute to Ron Hextall and Billy Smith. Come on. Yeah, well, I mean, he was the next coming of Ron Hextall and Billy Smith. And yeah. that's, that's kind of what my dad appreciated about him. He, he's like, he, we were watching the Stanley Cup Finals, and when he hit Daniel Sedin, he was like, that reminds me a lot of Billy Smith when I was a kid. Okay. And I said, wow, Dad, uh, you're old. That was a long time ago. And he punched me and said, stop being mean. Yeah. <laughs> he used more colorful language on that. <laughs> Uh, that's great that is awesome well buddy we're down to our first team and i got a feeling we're going to be pretty much in agreement across the board so i'm going to take the mystery out of the defenseman because i mean it's pretty obvious that we both picked ray bork and bobby Orr. yes i don't ray know how, how else you could possibly even remotely fathom picking anybody else with those two i mean yes even the ultimate right. contrarian couldn't do it right the the only thing i could say any other defenseman has one up on either one of them is Chara with the cup and he has that up work. But yeah. other than that, I mean, 395 goals, 1,111 assists for 1,500 points in 21 yeah. years. No. <laughs> you, you can't no. <laughs> There's also you a lot of players out there that have one Stanley Cup that are nowhere near Ray Bork. So that's, uh... Exactly. <laughs> um, and actually, when, you know, uh, we, we got about Ray Bork out of the way, who was my idol growing up. Um, really don't know why. I actually don't like. Uh, I play a completely different style than him defensively, um, but we got him out of the way. Bobby Orr. I actually have some brought, brought on some Bobby Orr facts um, with me. The only defenseman to score nine hat tricks. Like mm. you, you don't you don't hear defenseman. Right, he's the first and only player uh, to play defense to score nine hat tricks. Um, that many. First defenseman to score 30 goals and 40 goals in a season. So he he was just breaking boundaries. Yeah. The, guy was a, the guy was an extra offenseman. Um, only defenseman to win to Lester B. Pearson. Only defenseman, only player ever to win the Norris, Art Ross, Hart, and Con Smythe in one season. So suck on that, Kel McCarr. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure he, he heard that, and now he's going to be motivated. You know, you know what? Let it go. I'll challenge him. I'll challenge him. I think somebody's <laughs> going to get punched in the face. Yeah, again. here we go. It's yeah, going to be Sandra Wellers. Here we go. I could take a couple more. I got. <laughs> but you're 30 now. You're old. Yeah, you got to be careful. I'm getting old, but uh, I could take a couple more. Right. <laughs> I, I think I got him in me. Um, the highest ever single season plus minus rating with a plus 124, which is unreal. Like you don't think you don't think plus one twenty four in today's game. Like yeah, what you, absolutely plus, 50, plus at most plus sixty. Right, one twenty four is unfathomable. Like Gretzky numbers, right? There. Right, right. I mean, if his if his career would have lasted a little longer, I feel like his number four could be retired throughout the league. You know, I wanted to say something about that because there are there are a few out there that believe that Bobby Orr was the greatest player that ever lived. And I understand where they're coming from. But my, my beef with that is if he had just played longer, and I understand, you know, the knees gave out, and it's, it's a, one of the great tragedies of hockey. Yes. That injuries derailed him the way they did. Because had he, had he played for 20 years, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think there's an actual legit argument that you could actually make for that. Because of yes. what he was doing from a, and revolutionizing the game the way he did. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, how many? I mean, obviously, uh, he's on the Mount Rushmore of hockey. But I would I would put him top four players of all. Time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. And when when it comes to point production, actually, I'll put him top five. I'll put him. Yeah, top five. Top you know what? Five, you know what it reminds he's me. Number of? five for me. He's it reminds me of uh, like Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux had to miss a lot of time because of what he went through with you know the cancer yeah, and yeah. his back you know back injuries and all that. It, it just makes you wonder what could have been. Yeah, and if and if Bobby and this is where it comes from, Bobby Orr, if you were to take his game and put it today, he'd be a, he'd be a oh, yeah. star every year. Oh yeah, every year. Yeah, for for everybody that was ooing and on over Eric Carlson, <laughs> Bobby Orr apples to apples would have put him to shame. Yeah, Eric Carlson's nothing. Compared. Not now. I'm talking about when Eric, you know, when he was in Ottawa and tearing it up the way he was. Yeah, no, he's still nothing compared to Bobby Orr. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Carlson at his peak and compared to Bobby Orr at his peak. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. So, so we we've the, uh, uh, as a league we've seen this before. Yeah. Um. So let's get to the interest. Hold on before before we get to the rest of the line. Who's your coach? My coach is Claude Julien. Me too. Oh, my God. Oh, no. We're going to put Dave to sleep. <sighs> but you also can't. He's, He's been got sleeping this whole time. I, I have. You would never guess that he grew up in Massachusetts. You didn't even do a drum roll for any of this. You know? I mean, <laughs> well, was, you were sleeping. I couldn't. I, <laughs> I should have went over and hit the button to wake you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All-time winning is coach in Bruins history. You can't argue with that. You know, for uh, for a historical franchise, you, 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 there's less. I've noticed there's less argument over the greatest of whatever for these historical well, franchises. Like we all know who the greatest Red Wings are of all time, the right. greatest Canadians. Right. It's the smaller teams that get. That get yeah, that's you know, right. Right. Exactly. The Anaheim Ducks, the the even the King. Eh, the King's not so much because you know Marcel Dion. Yeah, Gidaudi, I mean, Audi, and so, um, but like the, the Ducks or the. Uh, or like the Sharks and those newer teams, those are the ones you're going to have real debate on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we're all in agreement here so far, coaches and defensemen. Yep. How about your left wing? My left wing. Let me pull up Johnny Busey. Yep. It's hard to deny it. I mean, 21 seasons. I mean, he was the longest-tenured captain at the point of his retirement until Ray Bork took over. Um Four hundred and forty-five goals, seven hundred and ninety-four assists for thirteen hundred and thirty-nine points. The chief could score. Second all-time leading scorer in, in Bruins history. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't. I don't think there's much much doubt about that one. No, that I mean, that, one, that was the no-brainer of well, almost in the same breath of you know Orr and and Bork. <laughs> it's like, yeah. who else are you going to put I, in that spot? <laughs> yeah. I think the debate really comes with centers because Boston's only had like a few good centers. As a matter of fact, you know what? Since we both agree on left wing, why don't we go to that? Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, this one was hard though. This was hard. It was. This was. I boy, I tell you, I I struggled with that one. I did, but you know what? You know what swayed me in the end was not only. I mean, he's been there nineteen years, but he's he's also ahead of Esposito on the scoring list. And there, you, you, the defensive ability is out of this world. Yes, One of the greatest I, defensive forwards of all time. So, given those two together, sorry, Phil, but you're yeah. you're on the second team, and that's all there is yes. to it. 
I think uh, Patrice Bergeron is um, – he kind of revolutionized playing defense as an offenseman in today's game. Like, there was a while there where everyone played offense. Defense was not really that taken care of, but goalies' pads were so big that it took care of itself. Yeah. And, and Patrice Bergeron was able to go out there and play defense as a center. Well, I think – so good at it. Right, right. I think, actually, I just think, and to me, he didn't revolutionize it. He took it to the next level. Because okay. I think a lot of that started with Bob Gainey. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, taken over by Guy Carboneau for a while yep. back in the day. Even Steve Casper, who was a Bruin, didn't quite yep. have the offensive abilities, of course, but you know, when the Bruins played the Oilers or the Kings, when Gretzky was there, who was assigned to shadow Gretzky? It was Steve Casper. Yep. So... But no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Totally get it. And like I said, the entire body of work, there it is. Yeah. I mean, the guy can score. He can play defense. He's just the all around, probably. When you look, when you think of hockey players and you think of Wayne Gretzky's and stuff like that, you know them for points. You yeah. Know them for, so when you think of an offense, when you think of them as points, and Patrice Bergeron's one of those players that you think of who's a defensive. Right. right. Shining star defensively. Right. But he also points. So, like, you can't really – that's his X factor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's his absolute X factor. He, the guy can play defense. I think he's probably going to go down as one of the best centers to play the game positionally. Okay. Could could be. Could be. But now, Dave, wake up because we're going to have some debate here. Oh, we We are? got a debate coming. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Right uh, yes. wing. We're going to have a debate. <clears throat> I yes. want to hear it. Who do you got? Terry O'Reilly. Wow. You got me out of left field on that one. Was it because he went to the crowd for a fight? Um, that's a portion of it. The guy was a, but I'm not kidding, though. That is a portion of it. He, he went up. When, the guy was a captain through and through. He didn't have the points and the accolades, uh, but he spent his entire career in Boston, 13 seasons, um, 606 points, 204 goals. Um, but the guy defended his team. And in that era, that's that, that 70s, 80s era, which is like the era of the enforcer, he was the baddest. And you, you, he had the C on his chest for a little bit, and he was just overall one of the most, like, he had the utmost respect for his teammates. He would, he would fight to hell and back for them. So... He, you can't make a team like this, combining eras like this, without putting one of the greatest defend, defensive players of all time when it comes to defending his teammates. That's yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, I thought a couple times during the '88 Finals he was actually going to come off the bench. You recall he was the Bruins coach. Yeah, I thought he was going to dive over the boards a couple times, but that's uh... would that have surprised you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> So mine is Rick Middleton. I respect the Rick Middleton. Because it's like I was saying to you earlier, right? When you look, and honestly, I, I, I did miss one on the, the honorable mention was uh, Wayne Cashman as well. Yep. I, I did miss that. But Rick Middleton is the fifth all-time leading scorer in Boston Bruins history. Uh, he was there for 12 years, got 402 goals, 496 assists. Um, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, and, it's not. And, and I totally get where you're coming from with Terry O'Reilly, and there's, you know, that's very valid. 
it's just if I'm going to put together a first team all all time all star team, I want Ricky Middleton on that on that right wing flank. Just I I, I see where you come from. <laughs> so does the dog. <laughs> um, we both the dog. I agree. <laughs> Get him in here. Find out who he agrees with. Just split the tie. Well, that, that dog and uh, my he's our old dog. So in dog years, she's about ten years younger than uh, your co-host. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. No. <laughs> oh man. Oh, geez. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, so. There's my reasoning behind that. Again, you know, it's all beauties in the eye of the, eye of the beholder, as they say. So, like my my main aspect of putting Terry O'Reilly on this list is: you think of Bruins, you think of big bad Bruins. You yeah. think of them going up against the Broad Street Bullies. You think of them going up into the crowd of Madison Square Garden, right? Rangers fans and not even Rangers players. And they're all just sitting yeah. around looking at each other, dumbfounded that this is happening. <laughs> um, so you can't, to me, you can't have this list without a big, bad Bruin. I mean, the biggest, baddest of all time. Right. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. They're like, so when I was a kid, I had the Rock'em Sock'em, Don Cherry, Rock'em Sock'em, yep. VHS. My dad had them. I would watch them all the time. So still I got them. Still, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're somewhere in my parents' attic. Um, but you you can't – you don't think Bruins without thinking Terry O'Reilly, without thinking Bobby Orr. Yeah. And, you know, even um, even when Marty McSorley almost beheaded Donald Brashear, you can't think of Bruins without thinking of that. Right. True. True enough. Okay. So I think we're going to go back to the, the land of agreeing here, though. Because now we're yeah. going to go to our all-time Bruins goalie. And let's yeah. just say it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Tuka, Tuka Rask. Rask. Yeah. There's a reason why I have a Tuka Rask poster folded out or rolled up in my in my hockey room uh, at the house. There's a, there's a reason why, you know, Tuka Rask is my all-time favorite goalie. Winning his goalie in Bruins history. Everyone calls him a choker when really – there was a lot of things that why they lost those two cups that wasn't too Garask's fault. Yeah. Yeah. You, you weren't getting there without too Garask. No, you know? no, not at all. Even, even the 2011 cup, you weren't getting there without too Garask because he was able to backstop Tim Thomas when he needed it. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you look at the overall body work and the overall numbers, numbers don't lie. No, not and at all. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. You, you got to go with them. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, no, Tugarask is a – I think he goes down as a top five. Not top five, no, far from that. Probably top 20 goalie of all time. Could very well be. Could very well be. Was, you obviously will have the Bruder, <clears throat> the Wah, the even Marc-Andre Fleury, you could kind of sneak snake up there in the top ten. Um, but Tugarask, I think, when all is said and done, he could be a top 20 goalie of all time. First ballot Hall of Famer. Vesna, Cop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eh. could be. Could be. We'll see. Yeah. We'll I mean, time, only time will tell. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. That was a lot of fun. Yes. And so what and so, we're going to do here is we're going to shift gears, right? And okay. we're eventually going to be going into modern day times. Yes. But before we do that, we're going to do breakaway trivia, and we're going to do a commercial break. Because we haven't done breakaway trivia in a few weeks, and I miss it. So... And Dave is over here chomping at the bit now because he gets to, he gets to guess. No. See, so, anyways, breakaway trivia for this week, and this is just for you, Eddie. 
I want to okay. know how many times have the Boston Bruins been in the Stanley Cup final? The answer when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news, information, and events in the city and the area. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of the Mohawk Valley. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, our event calendar, and print publication, the Mohawk Valley Express. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of locals and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store, listen to our country music streaming radio station, or sign up for a weekly newsletter. Stop by today at MyBunFalls.com. You'll be glad you did. Ed, doesn't that music make you want to run right through a wall? Um, yeah, actually. That music was pretty intense for Little Falls. It is. <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you, it just reminds me of Rocky every single time. I can't help it. it I, it's it's like a it's like a bad sports movie song. You know what we gotta do? We gotta get footage of like Dave running down Main Street with a bunch of kids chasing him. You to close that out with No, no, no. That would only I, be... I like that idea. And that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. As long as you they, said downhill. Downhill. Well just for you we'll go downhill. Downhill. Yeah. That'd be uh, all we'll, we'll have you run from like that Stewart's all the way down to like the M and T bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I could do that. Stopping <laughs> would be an issue, but Yeah, that, that'd be the best part, just watch him roll down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It could be worse. We could have you start over at the baseball field and have you. Oh, no, hell no. No, we need to get a wagon out for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> okay, breakaway trivia. I'll give it to you guys one more time. How many times have the Boston Bruins made it to the Stanley Cup final before Eddie answers? Dave, go ahead and throw an answer. Just throw a guess out there. 12. 12. Okay. Eddie. 11. You're both wrong. Actually, you sold your team short. It's 20. What? They made it to the oh, finals. Oh, yeah, because they didn't have – that's because they back in the day they lose to Montreal every other year. Yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah. yeah, but at least I was one closer than he was. Well, I guess this is we're going to split hairs, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'll take any hair I, I mean, can get. I mean, you won and the price is right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and here, here the poor guy said you could run downhill for the commercial, and this is the way you I, treat I didn't by. say the word run, but I could go downhill. <laughs> I did, though. <laughs> yeah. No, now you're just, now you're going full on. Scene. Yeah, I'll be the one carrying your camera, so be careful. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'll give Scott a car. Yeah. yeah. Give me a car. Be like the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> just the sky cam. Just yeah. Oh, that was nuts. Man. Didn't like it. Didn't the- didn't like the drone coverage either. No. Thought it was annoying. Well, that's because you weren't doing it. You no, would have been I, having a blast if you were I doing would have it. Been, oh, hell yeah, if I'd been flying it. But it was annoying from a yeah. watching the game standpoint. True. The XFL was completely underrated. Yeah, yeah. I love anyway. the XFL. Original rendition? Yeah, running exactly. The, running from the to the goal line. <laughs> just colliding. Just, just absolutely insanity. trucking each other. <laughs> <laughs> that league created CTE. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, boy. Well, Ed... We are on the, the eve of a brand new hockey season. Yes. 
where all 32 teams in the NHL, all 32 teams in the AHL, everybody all across North America and the European world all have hopes for a brand new season and a championship in their respective leagues. Yes. Being the Boston Bruins fan, super fan that you are, tell me, how's your, uh, how's your season looking? We're not making the playoffs. We're missing the playoffs by a few points. Wow. Uh-huh. I, uh, honesty. I like it. So tell me why. Well, starting off the season real weak. Marshawn injured. Had surgery. McAvoy injured, had surgery. Grizzlick injured, had surgery. Um, those three being out, two of them in, like, high key pieces. Like, I mean – Right now, when you think of modern-day Boston, you think of those two players, two of the players. Grizzlick, I, I put him in a little bit lower of a tier. Uh, currently, my favorite Bruin is Matt Grizzlick, personally. Um, but those three being out is just, you know, it's, it's railroads the season. Mm-hmm. You're losing two key point contributors right there. You're losing a, a key defensive defenseman. Uh, you don't, you can't have a season like that. Right. You know, uh, I mean, it's, uh, we're already, I think even with LTIR, we're, I think a half a million over the cap. So you got to shed somebody. And I think that's going to be Craig Smith. Um, and that's not even getting into the goalie situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think last year's signing of Linus Allmark was garbage the day it was announced. Well, five years. Oh, that that's a little tough to swallow. Five years, four million a year. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a bit. If he if they got him maybe for two point five to three, I wouldn't be so upset. But that's a lot of money for the goalie that's going to become a backup. Right. So, I think Swayman's going to be the starter unanimously. I mean, the the kid's good. The kid's phenomenal. Um, you got to give him that. You got to give him that nap. Um, and Linus Allmark, I mean, he was good for Buffalo standards. Yeah, you know, Allmark is one of those goalies who is a really good one B. Yeah, he's a really good one B, uh, but you don't play him against rivalry games. Right, right. You'll play you know, like I won't mind watching Allmark play against. Teams that I don't care about, like right. let let him play the Blue Jackets. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Them. Let him play the Panthers. I don't mind losing to them. But when we're playing Mount Toronto, the Rangers, the 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 Islanders, Pittsburgh, I want Swayman in that. Yeah. Uh, but I can see Boston at the very most. I mean, we're we're we saw the Eastern Conference last year. You needed 110 points to make the playoffs. So, you need Boston may get ninety five, but we're in a different era now where you need one hundred and ten points to make the playoffs. And the biggest part of the, the problem is, is too. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off, but just just so wanted to interject real quick that everybody in the Eastern Conference it seemed got better, except for the Islanders yes. who couldn't do anything in free agency. But yeah, the Islanders got worse. Um, Boston stayed still. Um, do I think Columbus made enough changes to overtake some of those spots? Not quite. Um, I personally think Columbus is going to miss the playoffs. Also, same margin with, with Boston. But now with Johnny Goudreau there, you're going to see players want to go there. Yeah. 
uh, with Patrick Liney staying, players are going to go there. Um, with Boston, we need to resign Pasternak first and foremost. We got to get that con- contract done because without Pasternak, we're not going to attract any big name talent. Right, right. Not one bit. Um, without, uh, you know, with Bergeron being at the tail end of his career, the resigning of Krejci, who's already on the tail end of his career, which I love the fact that they brought back Krejci. Yeah. But a year gone from Boston, a year gone from the NHL, and a year just in the Czech League, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't assume but that but nothing but the guy got a little worse. Well, that's the thing, too, Ed, because, I mean, I know a lot of Bruins fans, and I see a lot on you know social media where Bruins fans, a lot of them, automatically when Krejci was coming back and Bergeron resigned, well, that's it. There's there's the team we got. We're we're going to the cup. And I'm like, yeah, you definitely needed Bergeron to come back. I mean, I I wonder how much longer he's going to be able to maintain this level of production with Bergeron. But with Krejci, it's like, oh, our second line's set now. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. He's almost 40 years old. And he's been, out, he's been out of the league for over a year. And honestly, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy, but he wasn't that great in the Czech League last year. Well, and th- and it, you're talking I about a step down assume. from the NHL. I, I could only assume he kind of mailed it in in the Czech League. Like, he won a cup. He right. Got his, he got his name on it. Mail it in. Um, yeah. You well, know, boy, that's going to be and, awful hard to catch up to that pace of play again, though. It, and you, the league has done nothing but got faster in just one year. Right. You know, you're, you're seeing, you lose it. Austin Matthews had a 100-point season. David Dreisaitl, all these players are having 100-point years. I mean, uh, the, the whole line in Calgary got, the whole first line, they each had 105 points. Yeah. Krejci's a, in this league right now, Krejci's a fourth-line center. Yeah, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. To be honest with you, I, I really oh. do. And you know, I've been—I was even saying, you know, in our season end last year, you know, teams like Boston, and 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 again, no offense, but they're not getting any younger. It's the same yeah. thing with Washington. The same thing with Pittsburgh. And and honestly, I, I don't know if Pittsburgh really did the smart thing by bringing the whole band back together. I think they had a real opportunity there. I would have probably brought Latang back because defensemen are the hardest to replace outside of goalies. See, I would have. But to bring Malkin back, I don't. I, I don't know about that. I would have. I would have thrown Latang away like a used napkin. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding though. Like Latang is a incredibly injury prone player. I mean, that's concussions, true. Concussions, hip injuries. Yeah, uh, it, it's not his fault. If he was 100 percent healthy, he'd be the best defenseman in the league. But he's year. also 35 years old. And he's a little older. Um, Malkin, he's starting to become injury prone. Right. So bringing the band back together is nothing but fan service. Yeah. Just like bringing Krejci back to the Bruins is nothing but fan service. I mean, there's a lot of Bruins fans who were around for 2011 who grew up loving Bergeron, Krejci. Sure. Uh, and, like, I could tell I could uh, off the back of my hand, I could name that whole 2011 team. Right. You never forget that. Um, but I don't think it was the right thing to do as a GM. Don Sweeney has been nothing but a disappointment. Right. Uh, botched drafts, poor scouting, um, it, coaching changes that I completely that completely flabbergasted me. Like the way he handled them, I didn't like. Um, what's his name? It, it's on the tip of my tongue. 
they just fired him. Oh, Cassidy? Bruce Cassidy. I didn't care much for his coaching style, and listening to other interviews with players who were played for him, saying he's a complete dirtbag, I believe it, too. Right. Like just, just judging by the way he carries himself and stuff like that. But I don't like the way his firing was handled. Um, I don't it will just seem very unorganized and hodgepodge. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it, the team right now was put together by duct tape and bubble gums because of the injuries. Um, it's, you, you don't, it, at some point we have to look at it and say, is Don Sweeney really the best choice? Right. Right. Like, yeah, he's no Lou Lamarillo. At least he made a couple <laughs> signings. But he, he's, he's not good for the organization. He has a vision that fans don't agree with. Um, me, myself, personally, I really don't agree with it. Like, I think the way Boston wins a cup again is by being the big bad Bruins. We need to compete with players like Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves. We need to get a goalie like not, – not quite Igor Shosturkin or Andre Vasilevsky level, but – at least comparable, like Tuka Rask, he, he got us to two cups, single-handedly. Yeah. Tim, Tim Thomas won us the 2011 Cup. Like, it's hard to deny the fact that Boston wasn't an off, isn't an offensive powerhouse. Well, the worst part is, too, is there's not a lot coming through in the prospect pool. And you know, that's... there's a couple. Like, Jack Studnika, I think, is going to be a great player one day. Um, right. But not, not quick enough to avoid a, a rebuild for now. No, the rebuild is imminent. Um, yeah. Five years. Yeah. I give it, I give it five more years. Bergeron's finally retired. Marshawn's on his way out. Pasternak wants to go somewhere else, and Charlie McAvoy wants to trade. Jake DeBrusque is traded. Linus Allmark is gone. Jeremy Swayman is probably the last piece there. And well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. We can. We can. This is how we can basically put the ball on it. I mean, the Pasternak situation. If the Bruins are offered a knock-their-socks-off deal for him, do you pull the trigger and just say, you know what, we're going to collect a bunch of assets right now and we're going to start the rebuild? We're going to start rebuilding this no. core. You don't do it. Not quite yet. You push, um, you push in all, but let's say he wants in the neighborhood of um, $10 million, $11 million a year I and, won't sign for, and won't sign for anything less. Honestly, I think he's worth it. Okay. Honestly, so like where where I believe this year is going to be successful is that top line when Marshawn's gone. I believe that top line should be Bergeron, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, and I think you can, you're going to see Taylor Hall have a bounce back here. I think Taylor Hall is going to start gaining some confidence back and start burying some pucks. Uh, Bergeron's an assist machine. Yeah, now he has two people to pass it to, and. You're going to see Pasternak. I think you're going to see Pasternak compete for the Rocket Richard this year. That's the bright spot. Yeah. Everything else is dark. Yeah. Um, I, you're, you're going to see them squeak out. They're they're a team that's going to win three to two. Yeah, they're going to they're have going to. to win games three to two, two to one. They're they might get one shot out, shut out all year. Um, and it'll be Allmark. <laughs> no, not in the least bit. It'll be it'll be against a team like the like the Sharks or the Ducks who are in rebuild mode, right? Or the or it'll be in the Coyotes' barn because that's what it is now. It's literally just yeah. a barn, gym. It's a gym. Yeah, it's a, it's a gymnasium. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, boy, it's, it's it. 
Bruins fans have to be prepared for disappointment this year. Yeah. No doubt about it. You don't you, you can't it can't be all sunshine and rainbows every year. Right. Right. And who knows? Maybe when Marshawn and McAvoy and Grizzly do get back, I think they said they'll be back in late January. Mid if you're sniffing January, around, maybe you can get in. You know, maybe you could squeak in a wild card spot. They're going to be on the precipice of in and out. Like they're they they very much like the the saying is you're on the outside looking in. They're going to be pressing their face against the window. That's how close they're going to be because. The good team, the, the bad teams got better, but not much better. Right. You can't do – Johnny Goudreau can't play the whole season in Columbus. You can't play them playing 60 minutes a game. Right. But the, the, the bad teams got a little better, and the good teams just stayed stagnant. And I think Boston's going to be competing with Washington for that final wild guard spot. Yeah. I, really, Backstrom's injured for the whole year. Right. Backstrom's um, Ovechkin, the, their core is getting just as old, so it's going to be a it's going to be a throwdown at the end of the season. Washington, Boston for that last playoff spot. And well, it's going to be fun anyway. <laughs> it's going to be fun, and honestly, what I think what one might push Boston over on um, Washington is the fact that Washington doesn't have a goalie right now. I know, right? Well, they got Darcy Kemper. I, I know that's, what, that's another one of those boy. He better be worth that money. Yeah, but uh, uh, he's an enigma. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that, right there. He's good. He's the best. Yeah, when he's off, he's off. (laughs) Well, my friend, uh, you are planning on a trip here in a couple weeks. Yes, three weeks from now. Ten down to sunny Miami. Yep, tell us about it. So there is a tournament called the Amerigold Latin Cup. it is all Latin American teams. Um, I'm playing for my mother's home country, Chile. Cool. Um, it, it means a lot to me. I mean, I know being from central New York, you don't really get a te- chance to put a Team USA jersey on. Sure, sure. You know, so, like, obviously, growing up, that's the goal is to wear this jersey. Right. Um, but the opportunities just weren't there. <coughs> Scouts don't come down here. Um, there's always a little bit of me, and I, I think everybody who's my age who grew up playing youth hockey in the area always said, um, if I if I grew up in Brantford, Ontario, or Kingston, or or even like Shawinigan or something like that, you could say, ah, maybe I would have had a chance though. Well, wait a minute, I want to uh, stop you real quick though. What do you mean there's no? Do you mean to tell me when we're playing B League on Saturday nights, there's no scouts there? Oh, I, there's, I, one, there, there's one. There's one scout there. It's Jeff Baker. <laughs> A shout out to Bake. I love it. I yeah, love it. Man, Jeff Baker. His his praise is all I need now. That's it. Yeah, I, if Baker comes out to me and said you had a good game, I, knew I had a phenomenal. <laughs> he is game. the oracle of the B League. Yes, he is. Uh, he is the chosen one. Um, but going down to Miami, uh, playing for my mother's home country, Team Chile. Um, every program playing in this tournament is fairly new. Chile has only had a program for less than 10 years. Colombia, Brazil, Argentina. Um, there's even Middle Eastern teams now. Egypt has a team, Lebanon. No uh, kidding. Israel. Israel um, no, team Jamaica. They're a wagon. Yeah. Team Jamaica has Anthony and Chris Stewart as their coaches. 
Wow. Now they take the bobsledding so, team and turn yeah, it, yeah, put, give them skates? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were going to make a movie about this, but they found out Ed was going to be yeah. there. Like, nope, cut production. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's like, I'm glad we're not playing Team Jamaica because I bet you Chris and Anthony Stewart will just say fight him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We remember punch, that kid from the tip. Punch him in the face. <laughs> punch him in the face. He looks like he could take it. <laughs> Um, well, but, let me ask you, how did this come about? How did you end up on Team Chile? So it was a weird story. It's weird. So I was I was, I was, was on scouting pro stock hockey and stuff like that. Yep. Um, I'm always looking for gear and things like that. I'm a gearhead. I have so many gloves, so many sticks, shit pads, all, all these different brands of gear um, just because I want to know what I like. Um, uh, so I was scouting. I found a Team Chile hockey bag. Oh, that's I cool. said, that's random. I'm like, that's like unusually random. <laughs> so I was, I, I, I didn't buy it because uh, it was like they wanted like 200 bucks for it. Right. Uh, I'm like, I got a, I got a, I just got a brand new bag like last year. So I'm like, I can't do it. I can't justify it. So I looked into it. So I looked into Chile hockey and I, I found the website. So on the website was neat. I looked at the roster and things like that. There was like 10 skaters. Really? There's like 10 skaters at, at that point. We have a few more. Um, and I like, I emailed them. I just shot an email out there. I, I was over at my parents' house and my mom obviously speaks fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I had to write the email out. And email the coordinator. Yep. Hey, I've been playing hockey my whole life. Where do you guys play? Like, if I'm ever down there again, I'd love to bring my bag and just play. And they said, and they emailed me back stating, hey, this is where we, we train for this tournament every year. Um, it's an IHF qualifier. Wow. So, no kidding. It's, it's like low level. I mean, these guys are C-League players. That is like, still, though. So I watched, uh, they, they emailed me on the email. They sent a link to one of their games on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And messaging me being like, hey, tell us what we need to focus on. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I'm a defenseman. So like, I'm gonna, I'll break down defense, but I'm not going to touch offense. Not, not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I don't know anything about it. Um, so I broke it down for him. I, I I sent it to them and I said, "What are the chances of me playing?" And I said, "If you can get documentation that your mother's Chilean, you're on the team." So I got my mom's birth certificate, wow. it over to them, and got my, the proper documentation that I'm Chilean, um, and they welcomed me with open arms. Um, nice. That's really up, yeah. So. It's one of those things where it's like, in the grand scheme of things, I know it's just another hockey tournament. And I'm going to play it to win. Like, I'm telling these guys on the team, like, I have a group chat. I started a group chat with just all the defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told, I, I, I sent them bullet points of stuff to watch out for. Like, I'm, I'm watching their games, taking screenshots of things that I see wrong. Watch out for this. Hey, we need to focus on this. When you guys are practicing down south, like 
watch out for backdoor. Um, they're gonna make him. A, they're gonna make him a coach. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, make him assistant well, coach. And honestly, there's a there's a couple other Americans on the team. Um, a lot of them just started playing 10, 12 years ago. Um, but they uh, there's another American on the team. His name's Kevin Palma. He's been on the Chilean team for a while. In fact, I would say he's one of the uh, reasons why I got started because his family uh, moved up here. He went to college, played hockey his whole life up here, and uh, his family down south realized, oh, wow, this is a good sport, and they started doing it down there. Mm-hmm. They started, like, they got gear and right. got ice nice. when we're down there playing. Um, so they, he's on the team, and he's a great offensive player. Um, kid can put the puck in the net. I would say out of that whole tournament, he's one of the – top tier players um and me i'm one of the older guys on the team as a rookie um so it's tough for me to justify me saying i deserve all this ice time i haven't been there i'm the right. new phase but him and i kind of talked and we're like listen we both know the game you talk to the offensive players you do what you got to do i'll talk to defensive players and well, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get we'll get the ball rolling on what we need to focus on because like we're down there. I'm down there to win. That's awesome, man. That is I'm awesome. Not down there to, I'm not, I mean, it's it's great that I'm playing for Team Chile. It's, it means a lot. Um, I'm getting my mom's maiden name as the back of the jersey. Really nice. Yep, that's really cool. Yep, I'm getting my mom's maiden name because uh, my family, my cousins, uh, are planning to come up for it. Um, my Very uncle, cool. they're going to be in Europe for it, but they, they said if they, if they knew about this sooner, they would have just said, screw Europe. They're going to go to Miami and watch some hockey. Yeah. Um, but it's full contact. So I, I haven't played full contact in years. Oh boy. Um, Punched in the oh, face. Boy. <laughs> but, but, but what Scott knows, I try to make the B league as full contact as I can. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple of yard sales. Oh my God. Oh, uh, <laughs> I hit Timmy Hughes last year by mistake. And I crossed the poor guy. <laughs> I, I, him and I went for a puck and our shoulders collided, and I, I, I just derailed it, and I felt so bad. <laughs> well, God, there was that one time you and I collided in pickup. Both of our oh, quick yeah. gloves went flying. <laughs> We're oh, both kind of laying on you guys looking at each other. Did you throw yeah. down on him? No, we we're both looking at each other like, what happened? <laughs> you, you put I didn't see him. On. He didn't see me. He just bang. Whoa. Uh, you, if I recall, our shoulders <laughs> collided, and I, my, the chin strap on my helmet broke from the collision. <laughs> Uh, so to get a new chin strap buckle. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, highlight, one of the highlights hey, of my God. beer league career. It's <laughs> we uh but so I went out. I bought shoulder pads. I, I'm like, right. I would say you probably should get those for full contact. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Uh, Don't be a uh, hero. Uh, well, that's the thing is like I'm watching these games and like I'm not going to knock their play because these are players who've been playing for a very short amount of time. Right. And for what I've seen and how long they've been playing, if they've had consistent training their whole life, they could all be really good players. Um they all have the opportunity and the athletic ability to be really good players. Unfortunately, they they didn't have the opportunity. Sure, sure. Um, but with that being said, I did, so I'm going to take full advantage of it, and I'm going to 
Beat their ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on. Come on. For lack of a better uh, term. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm be a little bit not as mean, but. I would. Uh, but you're there to I'm win. Gonna, I'm, I'm there to win. I'm not there to make friends. I'm not there to talk to an Argentinian or a Brazilian or a, or a, somebody from Honduras and be like, hey, we're alike. No, I'm going <laughs> to tell them I'm going to rip your head off. <laughs> we'll talk after the game. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah. When, when it's all said and done, let's have a beer. But I want I want the win. Right. It's more, more important to me than anything else because I would have that same attitude if I was there with the ring grass. Right, right. You Absolutely. Know, I, it's it, it's – to me, just another hockey game means it's just another chance for me to win. Right. Um, I, I'm 29. Like, if I was in the NHL, I'd be on my way out, you know. So, but there's a lot of me that still thinks I have that dog left in me. I still have a little bit of bark and there's a lot of bite. We've heard so a lot I, of bark. <laughs> yeah, I'm great at that. Oh, Scotty knows I'm great at that. I... I'm going to bring out the I'm, I'm asking, Mr. I'm Chirp asking, over here. Oh my God. I'm on the bench. I'm just like absolutely laying into everybody. What are you going to do? Jump in here and fight me? No. Yeah, right? There's seven other rats on the bench because half the team didn't show up. Come on. I'm too busy laughing. That's a fight. Well, no, I'm I, laughing. What are you talking about? See, there's a big difference, though. I take it easy on players I like. Like, so, like, you, I don't really go that hard at you because, like, I like you. Oh, thank so, you. Like, I appreciate you. I've known you for a long time, and I, I don't want to uh, – I, I, like, I just bust your balls a little bit. He's, fra- he's fragile, though. Yeah, I know, right? I'm old. you got to be careful with me. But somebody, like, somebody who I dislike, well, I'm, not to name names. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. uh, you. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. I hope I hope he finds a reason to try to suspend me over this. <laughs> the dude cross-checked me in the teeth. <laughs> like, like he, we're, I forgot where we, what the, we were in a face-off in our zone, and I'm just like. Uh, somebody busted my balls, and I laughed, and he made a joke with it, and I looked at him, and I'm like, shut the hell up. I, I use much more colorful language because I don't want to swear. Yeah, honestly. yeah. Why but not? I, I mean, if, if I'm allowed to swear, I'm going to swear. You're allowed to swear. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So I just I, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I had that tone where it's like I don't like you and I don't want you to talk to me. So right. Right. Me. He called me a pussy, and I looked at him I'm like, "Go eat another fucking cheeseburger, you fat fuck!" Oh. <laughs> right in the teeth, <laughs> right, in, right in the jibs, just <laughs> and like it's. You know what? If somebody skinny called me a fat fuck, like I, I'm, I'm absolutely cool with it. Like you have that on me. Congratulations, you have you have good vision. Um, but another fat person like me calling somebody a fat fuck is like the most <laughs> That makes it even funnier, though. <laughs> it, just, it just makes it even funnier because like he's just like looking at me like he's you're fat too. <laughs> it's like those Spider Man's all the Spider Man's are pointing at exactly. each other. It's just like what the hell? <laughs> I understand it's like. like and there are other people who I don't chirp in the league because like <laughs> they're just going to eat me alive. Like, <laughs> last year, you know Mountain? Yeah, yeah. So Mountain absolutely leveled Danny Maycock last year by accident. Oof. Like stood him up. 
stood Danny up. And I skated up to Mountain wow. and I put my stick between his legs. I'm like, you do that again, you're going to kick my ass. <laughs> 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 he, he, he looked confused, and then he realized what I said. And he's like, he's laughing. He's like, it was a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. That is great, man. Well, listen, this has been so much fun. And um, yes. when you uh, when you get back from your tournament, you got to come back on and let us know how it went. Yeah, actually, so I have the schedule up here. So every game is going to be on Hockey TV. Okay. So if you get if you have a subscription to Hockey TV, you could watch the games, which is going to be really cool because, like, my, my unfortunately, my mother can't make it. She has to work. Um, she's an RN. And right now for the medical field, yeah. anybody who works medicine has a hard time getting time off. Right. Um, and I, I get it. It, I, I offered her the opportunity to go. Um, and when she said she couldn't go, it, it broke my heart a little. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I did I'm this sure. for her. Right. Like, it, it, right. It's not very often. Can I, can you put the tea, the, the, the sweater of your country? Right. Right. No, um, I totally get you. Yeah. So like, but my dad was like, maybe I'll go. And I'm like, you know what? Stay home. And watch it on hockey TV. Like get cool. the subscription. I'll get the subscription for you. Like I don't care. But watch it on hockey TV. You know, I might have to get that subscription now. Seriously. It's like thirty bucks a month. Right. But like do you have D you have Swedish leagues, German league, like all these other leagues. I think every NCAA game's on it. Nice. Uh, so there's a lot of hockey on that. Um obviously hockey TV. But it's just games. There's right. no documentaries, there's nothing like that. It's just games. Which is great because, like, I love watching hockey. Right. Like, even at work, like, when I have a little bit of downtime, I'm watching hockey. Yeah. There's nothing else I watch. Um, so, if you get hockey TV, every game should be on there. Um, I'll just read off the schedule real fast just to kind of let people know when I'm playing. We start off – we actually start off the tournament at um, 8.15 a.m. on Wednesday, September 14th against Mexico. Oof, which early game. Yeah, wow. yeah early game. Uh, my flights actually had to change because of it. Um, our next game is Thursday, September 15th, 445 against Brazil. Um, by the way, all these are being played at the Panthers practice arena. Cool. Very cool. Uh, so 3.30 p.m. I'm sorry. 3.30 p.m. is the next game against Brazil on Thursday, the 15th, September 15th. And then Friday, September 16th, we have a 10 a.m. game against Argentina. And being a Chilean, that's the most meaningful game right Right, now. right. You know, you're, you're playing your neighbor. It's yep. USA, Canada. Yep. Only, it's Chile, only it's like South American soccer. You, you yeah, hate yeah. Lionel. I hate Lionel Messi. I hate Argentinian players because they always, they always find a way to play Chile. And, like, it's I get it. So that's like our rival. Mm-hmm. Um, my personal rival. Um, I've been to Argentina. It's a beautiful country. Um, too bad all their players are ugly sons of bitches. <laughs> Fat <laughs> fuckers gonna... with cheeseburgers. Jeez. <laughs> no, that's, that's, well, that's we just got banned in Argentina. Great. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's just Beely players. Um, no, um, I'm going to bring out a game chirps. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up just disrespect them. Um, my game plan. And I told the team this before. I told the coaches. I said, listen. Nobody defends me. And they're like, what do you mean? Nobody <laughs> defends me? And I said, because I do shit that just absolutely just turn, just pushes buttons. That's what I do. That's what I do best. 
I push buttons and I draw penalties. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I may take a couple here and there, but I'm not going alone. I may take one, but they're one of theirs is coming with me. Right. Uh, so I said, just let me push the buttons. And if they punch me in the face, no one comes in to help. I can handle myself. I'm a big boy. <laughs> I've done this before. Um, so they, they're like, okay, they, <laughs> they haven't been around much. They haven't really watched hockey that much to know what I mean yet. Right. Well, we'll find so, out. <laughs> you're going to find out. Um, and that's where, like, I take my playing style from players like Brad Marchand, Tom mm-hmm. Wilson, Cody Howe, players that I grew up idolizing and players that I play now that I love. Um, so I'm going to take every second I can to just piss off every other player in, the, in my division. Um, I'm just going to. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just turn every key and push every button. That's <laughs> what you do, brother. Yeah, I'm great at it. Yes, you are. You certainly are. <laughs> well, Eddie, thank you for coming on. This has been so much fun. And like I said, we are definitely gonna do this again when you get back. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I, I may, you know what? That Thursday night, I may just pop in. Yeah, absolutely. Just send me an email, and if I have time, I'll pop in. Sounds like a plan, brother. I like it. I like it. Thursday game, like I said, is at 3 p 3.30 p.m. So maybe I'll bring my phone on the bench and stream a little bit. Hey, there there you go. We'll get wide coverage. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, Ed, again, thank you so much. Uh, That was a fun time putting together the Boston Bruins all-time list. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, the whole works. And, of course, at sportshistory.network.com and at martysillegalstick.com. So for Ed Stefanik, for Dave Warner, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick, a hockey history podcast. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the football history dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. With every race, every qualifying run, and every pit stop, Tim Coffeen would feel the pressure and excitement. With his own podcast on the Sports History Network called Tim Coffeen Talks IndyCar and Racing History... Tim will share those very same racing emotions and memories with his listeners. Learn, laugh, and enjoy the world of IndyCar racing through the eyes of Tim Coffeen. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.